0: Hello and welcome to YY, a podcast where we talk about things around mystery, confusion or misrepresentation. I'm Matt Hartless, I'm a musician and journalist. And
1: I'm AJ Hill, I'm a comedian and idiot.
0: And let us wish you a very happy Easter, because this is going out on Easter Sunday. I realise probably most of our listeners, at best, are apathetic towards Christianity. Probably we haven't got many, many actual Christians who would be celebrating Easter listening to us, but uh, if you do celebrate it, then have a nice weekend. I mean, to be honest, the only, the only reason I really know... That Easter's ever coming round is because I think on a Friday I'll go to the shop and n- nothing's open, and I think oh, I'll have to go on Monday. Then and then it's not open on Monday either. either, either that or it's the long weekend you get off off work, which is pretty good. But uh, yeah, if
1: happy rebirth, yeah, Jesus, yeah, yeah,
0: and and possibly happy rebirth to our pubs. They might be open at Easter weekend, so if they are. Uh, we're recording this in February, by the way. But if uh, if our pubs are open, you can bet your bottoms dollar that AJ and I will be frequenting them. What did you uh, What did
1: you give up for Lent? Uh, I've, I
0: haven't given up anything for
1: Lent. You've not given up anything. No. I never g- do.
0: I, I, I never do because I never stick to it.
1: I've given up drinking during the week. Oh, okay. Because I bought a PS4 on uh, Pancake Day after drinking eight beers. Ah. And, and sticking some, I didn't stick some pancakes to that seemed That was a, a lie. I, uh, I'm i very good at pancake flipping, believe it or not. I'm very, not very dexterous, but for some reason, pancake flipping, I got that down pat. So there we go. There's a factoid about <laughs> me to start <laughs> off the podcast. Fair enough.
0: Fair enough. Well, uh, well, that's great. Well, good Good luck with that. I suppose not, not drinking during the week is a lot more achievable than I guess most people's Lent kind of ideas because most people go for, oh, I'm going to give up drinking or I'm going to give up eating chocolates or whatever, which is, you know, it's very difficult to do. But I suppose it was just like, I'm not going to drink during the week. Then you can just go, do I need this now? Or shall I just leave it to the weekend? And I suppose that's probably a much easier thing to get through.
1: Well, Christian, most Christians traditionally give up meat during the week, but they always they, they eat at the weekend. I mean, it's, uh, a, fa- it's, right, a, fa- okay. it's a time of fasting, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. Um, fasting is what you're supposed to do, but you're not meant to completely punish yourself. It's just a time of reflection and trying to sort out your life. So... Yeah. To those out there who did give up stuff, um, I hope you made it, uh, and I hope I yeah. do as well.
0: Oh, blame me! Yeah, yeah. I, I realized why you were talking about that now. Right? Yes, of course. Yes, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You whatever you gave up, I've loads of it now. You don't. You, Lent, Lent is over. It is Easter weekend. Although actually, it's over the week before, isn't it? Because that's Palm Sunday when he when he gets to Jerusalem. No, no, that's no. That's the end so, of Lent, isn't um, it? Because that, that's after he comes out of the his exile in the desert.
1: No, no. Palm Sunday is before... It's it's the last weekend of, of Lent, Palm Sunday.
0: Yeah. So Lent, Lent ends on Palm Sunday? No. No? Lent
1: ends on Easter. So, oh, right. okay. quick factoid that. about that. So, Palm Sunday is when Jesus entered Jerusalem. To, yeah. Ba- and he, basically, the palms got laid because he was seen as the king and people saw him as the Messiah, which was a big no-no. Right. and uh, very then naughty he had boy. The, yeah, yeah, then he had the Last Supper. And Good Friday was when he was... Done, yeah. and then so friday you're all sad and you eat fish saturday is like a Tuesday choose- is like a religious tuesday you know whether it's just a nothing day there's not a lot going okay, on you're like right, why are we yeah. here and then sunday is the let's eat all the easter eggs as as you're doing now because obviously yeah. our listeners are munching on eggs yeah so, yeah, um, yeah
0: enjoy enjoy your enjoy chocolate those eggs. chocolate folks best, yeah, best but, thing about about easter isn't it so people so. like
1: candles as well i could never really understand the candles but there's candles involved you light a candle every every Sunday.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm not a a Christian and did not really have even even though you know even though I was born Church of England, I not really have much of a a religious upbringing at all. So yeah, I know the bare bones of it, and that's that's it. So well, yeah, I,
1: I am a. I was born a Christian. and I am technically an ordained minister who can oh yeah preside over weddings in California. So there we go
0: excellent well uh here's here's a thought if you'd uh, if you'd like to request aj um performing your your wedding uh then you can support us on buymeacoffee.com slash y zero ymcr and uh, maybe that is something that if you give us enough money by subscribing uh, aj will do for you um especially if you fly out to california all uh, all yep. the expenses paid I'll come as well. I I can't do anything, but uh, I'll, I'll play some music for you if you do that. That's what we'll do. There we um, go. You can also find us on social media uh, if you look for YOY Podcast. So
1: Toofa, so you get get the music and the ministry yeah. involved in one. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Get get the lot. So
1: have you got a Hammond organ? That's the question.
0: I I don't have a Hammond organ, but there's a Hammond organ setting on my stage piano, which is right behind me as we record this. There we go. Then so sorted. Yeah. Right. So uh, today we are going to go way, way back in time. I imagine this will be the earliest period of history that we cover on this show. Long
1: before Jesus.
0: Long, long, long before Jesus. So let's go through some time scales. So as we talked about in the Fermi Paradox episode, modern humans evolved about 50,000 years ago. That's about the point at which you'd be able to go, this is a human as we would understand one today rather than it being
1: when not much changes so we're basically yeah anatomically the same yeah intellectually the same things like that
0: yeah quite okay. yeah yeah so I, th- I think the idea is that, like if, if you were a time traveler you could go back about fifty thousand years take a, a baby human from that period bring it to the present day and raise it as a modern day human and it would be fine mm-hmm. whereas anything older than that it it wouldn't uh, quite be.
1: Yeah, yeah. So was it just like one year? Yeah. <laughs> one, one year, eight yeah. man, the next year, poof, human Well, beat. quite,
0: and, and and I think evolutionary biologists will probably be quite annoyed at that because that is very much not how it goes. It's, you know, each sort of little frame along the, you know, each, each generation along the way is not significantly different to the last one, but okay. yeah, around 50,000 years ago, that's when modern humans started to appear. Around seven to 10,000 years ago, this is when... Uh, agriculture began to be developed. Now, the reason for the the difference in time is that it didn't happen everywhere at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, some humans in some places uh, got the idea to start farming rather than just living off what they could hunt or gather. Okay. Kind of around the same time that societies and civilizations are being developed because the production of food is then being taken care of by a small group of people rather than everyone sort of trying to get what they need okay so then you know the labor can then be focused on on other areas so the, the reason we know that is from various archaeological finds that are dated back to that period um, the earliest coherent recorded history comes from 2000 uh, around 2600 BC which is just over four and a half thousand years ago and this was the the Sumerians which is uh, in, in modern-day Iraq and now shortly after that um, between two 1500 and 2400 BC mm-hmm. is when the pyramids were constructed and also Stonehenge. So, yes. Both were made at around the same time. Uh, the reign of Cleopatra uh, was 51 BC to 30 BC. So that's uh, just just over 2000 years ago.
1: Fun fact, I, uh, I read a tweet literally yesterday. Yeah, it was a tweet by a, a man who said that um, his Egyptian wife had never heard of Stonehenge. So like... Uh, he showed her a picture, and she was just like, your ancestors were pathetic. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I, I was very much thinking that, yeah. It's like Stonehenge and the pyramids, like the pyramids, this absolute thing of wonder, huge structures that have survived to this day. Stonehenge is just a, a few rocks, some of which have fallen over. I mean, like, it's, that, it's an impressive feature, but yes, yeah, quite, uh, in yeah. comparison to um, the King's to the pyramids. Chamber and all those things. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. But uh, yeah, so the the Great Pyramids in Egypt... Uh, as ancient to, Cle- to Cleopatra as she is to us. Wow. So that's so. W- one of the problems of talking about ancient history is that it's very difficult to get across how long ago it was, because it's just you know we. I, I think humans we have this idea of like you know before a few hundred years ago that's kind of the analogous same kind of period of history. Well, when um, I was a
1: kid, I used to believe that like they invented um, color in like the 1960s. So <laughs> well, because everything yeah. So I thought, as a child, I genuinely believed that everything pre 1960 was like in black and white, <laughs> and at some point they just invented color.
0: So yeah. So the reason I've talked about all those sort of like those markers of when these things happened is because oh, fucking hell, there we go. Straight <laughs> in. Got your back. I said yeah, yeah. Uh, I said uh, I said uh, this yeah. would be the episode where I struggled to pronounce things, uh, and I've al- al- already screwed up. Pronouncing yeah. the name of the thing we're talking about, Gebekli Tepe, which is the what we're talking about today. This was constructed around 9,000 BC. So that's is nine
1: thousand. Is it nine thousand BC? I've, I've got I've got thirteen thousand BC.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I looked at a number of different sources, and it seemed to place it around eleven thousand years ago. Okay, I've got fifteen thousand years ago. Right. Okay. Well, that's that's interesting. Well, we can talk about that then okay uh a bit later i mean the thing with saying actually actually there that is a good point something that i have somewhere later on in my notes uh, i think it's when we're talking about the carvings of what's on the stones Mm -hmm. does point to a historical event that was way before 9000 bc so that might be actually one of the things but the the reason it was dated to 9000 bc was because of I think there were various artifacts found around that suggest that were carb- that had been radiocarbon dated um that were from that time mm-hmm. and I think the the limited amount of radiocarbon dating on the the actual structures at Quebecli Tepe suggests the same thing but of course that's you know I mean, how it's how, all, how reliable it, yeah, is that it's, it's, all it's an just an estimation it's all yeah, approximate yeah.
1: so i have heard between 11,000 15,000 sort of like years yeah. old but it's it's a long yeah a fuck of a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so
0: so, this was more ancient to the builders of the pyramids mm-hmm. than they are to us. Yes. So yeah, they, they were ancient to Cleopatra, um, the the pyramid constructors. That's that why I was using that as an example of how long ago that was. Mm-hmm. It's even longer ago from them to the construction of Gobekli Tepe. So this is really, really old, this site. <laughs> so it's it's six to seven millennia older than the earliest recorded history. And it's at least one millennium older than the earliest evidence of organized agriculture.
1: So. It, it's older than the domestication of cats.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the domestication of the cats kind of happened around the time that there were buildings because weren't the cats to, to catch pests. That's well, what I thought. But, why cats were domesticated was because they.
1: Well, yeah, but like technically that was before the domestication of, of animals, really. So ca- mm. cats were one of the first animals to be domesticated because they found it more useful to sort of be around i mean you can see to be honest we've kind of got that thing going on with foxes now foxes are Mm. semi-domesticated because they are used to being around humans yeah yeah. that's probably not fully going to be domesticated but i assume that the way urban foxes behave is probably very similar to how cats used to behave yeah obviously cats had a bit more of a a useful function because they caught more mice and things like
0: that Mm, precisely yeah so anyway because because this is before agriculture organized agriculture mm-hmm. it means that um that this this place Quebec tepe this was built by uh hunter gatherers mm-hmm. acting as a civilization which before the discovery of this site was that uh, it, it was thought that civilization came came way after mm-hmm. um this period
1: when was the site discovered
0: so the, the site was discovered in 1994. Well, I mean, it, so 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 this is the thing. It it was it was known about for quite a while, but wasn't thought important. Um, it was discovered in nineteen ninety five that like the the structures and how old it was mm-hmm. was that was when that was found out. Okay, uh, so right, I was just about to move so on so to the fine, location, just, and just you wait. wanted to, to mention
1: yeah the location. So yes, so we're we're talking about the domestication of yes. certain things. So Beckley Tepe is older than the domestication of the wild almond. Oh. And the wild almond is one of my favourite facts of, of human ingenuity. So wild almonds are toxic to human consumption. They have arsenic in them, and they are bitter and poisonous. <laughs> yeah, And humans, hunter-gatherers, managed to figure out that um, there are two genes... Which have the poison and the bitter taste in an almond, and if you switch those off, you get sweet almonds. So, what hunter gatherers realised that if they bred certain plants together, you would get a sweet almond. Now, that didn't happen. I've written this down. There we go. That literally didn't happen until, uh, yeah. So, it's about three. I think it's like three thousand. Yeah. So, civilisation was like yeah, three thousand BC. Uh, we've got like cultivation of almonds as a crop, but. Um, We started to actually hunter gatherers humans started to do that about twelve thousand BC. So if this site, so it's around the same time that we started doing that. Mm. So like they weren't actually a crop at that point. It was just people started eating things and going. That doesn't make me feel as sick as this other one. So I'll eat that. Fun fact: I think there are eight genes in a an an oak tree, uh, which means that we can't have a sweet acorn. So unfortunately, our hunter gatherer they couldn't figure out. And also. They couldn't figure out how to make a sweet acorn because also the length of time it takes for a, an oak tree to grow. Uh, well, yeah. So we couldn't switch off those eight genes, but two genes for a hunter-gatherer. Selective breeding was something... Genetic engineering, something that our uh, hunter-gatherer predecessors could... Yeah, yeah. So and, um, yeah.
2: so
0: all those people who were like, no, we'll have no GMOs in our food, please. Like, it's... Yeah, basically the, the reason we can eat anything at all <laughs> is, is yeah. because of uh, genetic, and, uh, g- uh, genetic modification. Our
1: ancestors figured out... Um, our ancestors figured out which almonds to eat, and uh, the people who haven't got descendants, <laughs> the people who aren't our ancestors, did not figure that out and died. So there you go.
0: <laughs> indeed, indeed.
1: But it's to show you, I just wanted to point that out because it shows that they were quite intelligent. Humans have always yes. been quite intelligent. And also, that discovery was found in the African plains because what what, what was going on there? Where was it? Gobekli Tepe, centered.
0: So it's centered in the Fertile Crescent. The
1: Fertile Crescent,
0: yeah, which is a name given to a region of. I've written out the countries that that it includes. So it's uh, it covers areas of Egypt, Jordan, Lebanon, Palestine, Israel, Syria, Turkey, Iran, Iraq, and Cyprus.
1: Which I heard. I heard this is this is a wonderful analogy. So obviously, if you've listened to previous podcasts, we talked about the uh, the Great Filter and and yes. the uh, Fermi Paradox. So it, it the Earth is in what is known as the Goldilocks zone, and so most solar systems have a Goldilocks zone. Now, on the globe at the time, the Fertile Crescent was basically the Goldilocks
2: zone of the, of planet, the Earth. You know, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, and the and the reason for that is because the like this was around the time Gebekli Tepe was built. This is around the end of the last Ice Age, so mm-hmm. the Earth was colder, the weather was more extreme, and there was more flooding. So you think of all the flood myths in okay. like in in religions. Yep. Um, there would have been a lot of flooding in, in early, well, in, in this period of human history. because lots of ice sheets. Yeah, because mm-hmm. lots of ice sheets were melting. Um, but, but because of this, um, this made the, the soil richer and, uh, and more irrigated. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, things grew very easily in the Fertile Crescent. So, basically, like, you didn't even really need agriculture in the Fertile Crescent because things grew so plentifully okay. there that it was very easy to live off that land. So it was, I, you think about this area now, it's mostly desert, but at the time it was... The
1: birthplace of agriculture. Mm,
0: well, yeah. Well, it's, it's called, also called the Cradle of civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Gebekli Tepe itself, it's about 15 kilometres east of the Turkish city of Sanli Erfa, also just called Erfa. Is yeah. that
1: where all the flat earthers come from? <laughs> <laughs> it's not, uh, I'm so not a flat earther, I'm a lumpy in, earth.
0: That's that's in that's in Kurdish Turkey. It's about 350 kilometers west of, of Sumeria, mm-hmm. uh, so Iraq. So yeah, it's in it's in Kurdish Turkey. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Kurdistan includes parts of southeast Turkey, northeast Syria, north Iraq, and northwest Iran. Uh, and these people don't consider themselves Turkish, Arabic, or, or, or Persian. Mm-hmm. They mostly practice uh, Sunni Islam, which you know if you've heard anything about all the the conflicts going on in the middle east over the last 20 years yep you will know that you know the the flavor of islam that you that you believe in is is can be can be quite important
1: and they all drink sunny d
0: Uh, uh, well they they might do i mean they definitely don't drink alcohol apparently it's it's very very difficult to get alcohol out around which is very good
1: for uh research because the researchers aren't getting distracted by um Mm. Well, quite.
0: well i mean th- 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 this is the thing that, that a lot of the the researchers are european mm-hmm. and so you know this this itself has created a bit of a problem with uh, the locals because they come in and they 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 bring beer and, and alcohol with them and you know set up a market for that which a lot of the local kurdish population are really unhappy with mm-hmm. also they're also not happy about um, being controlled by the turkish government because they feel as though they are a different people group and want to be independent.
1: I mean, a lot of Turkish people aren't really happy about being controlled by the Turkish government. But... Well, yeah, at, at the
0: moment, yeah. But, so yeah, there's there's also a significant number of the Kurdish population who, um, who follow a religion called Yazidism, Okay, what um, is that? I've never heard seasons. of EDs and... uh well, well, we'll come back to that later. Okay. So stick a pin in that. That that becomes important probably about an hour later if you're listening to this. Fantastic. Um, I, I love your, that's now but, your new uh, catchphrase by that. We'll come back yeah, to that later. We'll, we'll come back to that later. <laughs> <laughs> Just to know that there are, you know, part of the people... Uh, the, the reason I'm not discussing this later on is because I don't want it to come out of nowhere, but this is about a... This only really has relevance to a fictional book that I'm going to talk about at, at the end. Okay. But... Yazidism is important to the plot of that fictional book, right. but I just wanted to say that there are, it, it is a real religion and there are people who practice it living in this area of Turkey. So, yeah, so the the first, the, the, yeah, sorry, the Fertile Crescent we mentioned before, it was, yep. the term was coined by US archaeologist James Henry Breasted. Um, <laughs> it's called Breasted. I have, I have, yeah, I have, I have, exactly, yeah. I have, I have no other use for that information. I just thought it'd be quite funny to say. Breasted, yeah. Dr. Dr. Breasted, Breasted, yeah. (laughs) Dr. Breasted. (laughs) Yeah. um, in fertility. Yeah, so it it contained unusually fertile soil and productive fresh water for the time. So it's the the perfect conditions to grow crops, staples, grains, and cereal. So from the 1950s, irrigation projects have diverted a lot of water from the Tigris-Euphrates system, Mm -hmm. which is why it's much more um, desertified now. Yeah. It's a shame. Uh, but I, but this was like the, it was already less fertile than it than it had been before then but it was kind of from barren but potentially usable to being yeah desert now because of because of irrigation projects that so have basically sent water elsewhere. what
1: you're saying is that we've we've destroyed the garden of eden. We've literally destroyed the what is widely well, regarded as the garden of eden. So, well,
0: so. It, well that that is very much a, a a plot point that will come along. So, um, yeah, so what is, we've, we've mentioned Gebekli Tepe quite a bit without saying what it actually is. Okay. So, uh, as I said before, it was discovered in 1995 Okay. Uh, to be this ancient archaeological site. So, mm-hmm. uh, Klaus Schmidt, a German archaeologist, uh, made the uh, discovery of this. well, he visited the site in 1994, mm-hmm. looked at it and thought, this, this is an interesting place, I want to, I, I want to do a dig here. Uh, and in 1995, was able to start doing that and then discovered uh, megaliths, which are large stone pillars and
1: tools. What does Gobekli Tepe mean?
0: Gobekli Tepe means belly hill.
1: So my lockdown nickname.
0: <laughs> 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 it means belly hill in Turkish. I mean, this is th- th- this was why um, Klaus Schmidt wanted to... Uh, to uh, Excavate it because it was it was thought that it was just a hill and maybe it was you know a, a medieval graveyard or it'd be, something. It'd been found in
1: 1963, hadn't it? I think. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, um, so Klaus Schmidt looked at this and thought that hill is artificial. Okay. That's not a naturally forming hill, which everyone previously had thought it's just oh, it's just a hill that had a graveyard on top of it mm-hmm. probably, and not really bothered with it. So yeah, so the the megaliths, these huge stone pillars, okay, uh, which are mostly in T shapes, which is interesting. Look, look quite quite weird. Um, but yeah, they, they were discovered along with tools that were contemporaneous with 9000 BC, which was why Klaus Schmidt thought that that was around the time it was constructed.
1: Lots of flint objects then.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So, yeah so yeah, this was the Stone Age. It was in the upper Paleolithic period, which is kind of the end of the early Stone Age. Now, the, the early Stone Age is basically from when people started using stone as tools. So this is from 3.4 million years ago to about four and a half thousand years ago okay so yeah the the upper paleolithic period was until about ten thousand years ago and Mm -hmm. that's when people are starting to get more complex tools and stuff out of stone rather than just using rocks to do things yeah this is yeah so
1: quite a malleable yes exactly yeah so they're making
0: hammers and sort of like stone blades as well they could use as chisels Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's that was why um class smith thought that that Was the, the correct timing for that, and yeah, he carbon dated some things that were found at the site and came to the, the same conclusion with that. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, these are arranged in a, a circular formation. A lot of these stones, uh, similar to Stonehenge, so you think about the sort of stone so circle, a henge circle. Okay. yeah, yeah, but um, but it's uh, it's far more complex. Uh, and obviously much older, as we said before. But um, you can see there's like there's a lot of different layers and a lot of different kind of like rooms, antechambers, things mm-hmm. like that, uh, in different kind of places along this this this, this complex um, right. on 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 Belly Hill, on Gebekli Tepe. Before uh, when when I was researching this, I reached out to, and this is a YOY first, I reached out to an expert. Wow. Uh, because my my cousin um has a first class honors degree in egyptology from the university of liverpool okay uh so she was I mean, obviously that's way after ehm um, gebekli tepe so she wasn't able to tell me about that but she was able to tell me a bit about excavations and, and how how they're done and um, so she said that um excavations happen in seasons of a couple of months at a time okay so to obviously in this area of the world it's too hot in the summer and it gets too wet in the in the winter mm-hmm. um so you know so that people don't die trying to excavate the metals so that the stuff that is excavated isn't ruined by adverse weather conditions that's that's why the seasons are a couple of months okay uh, so excavations of, of big sites like can take years decades as a result of this um what people usually do is they'll start by digging test pits uh, and so you know you dig down a bit where you think there might be something, see if there's anything there. If you come up with interesting artifacts, then you'll do a bigger excavation of the area. If you come up with when building, does
1: a little brush come into it? The little badger brushes.
0: Uh, well, I mean, at that point, you don't you don't just go in gung ho. Just go, hey, dynamite, woo. digger. Yeah,
1: that's the kind of uh, come yeah. on. That's what Time Team should do. Just go in with like yeah. a digger and just, yeah. just get this site dug up.
0: So I mean, like there's maps and geological surveys, and more recently satellite imaging okay. can point to areas of interest. So people already have, in this day and age, have a good idea of what kind of depth they expect to find things at. Mm-hmm. So you know they'll to get down to that depth, obviously they'll use the bigger tools, and then it's the yeah, your trowels and your brushes will come out at, okay. at that stage when you when you think you're close. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of it's very hit and miss with with excavating, like battleships. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of um, excavating is, is is hit and miss because though things can point you to an area, you don't actually know if anything's there. But you know, you can you can have a fairly educated guess. But
1: surely Gwe- Gebekli Tepe was pretty good because when what's his name, Kurt Schmidt, Klaus Schmidt, Klaus. Klaus, sorry, Klaus. When Klaus Schmidt got there, apparently he just found loads of stone tools just from being there. So he's like, "Well, this is an unusual place." So mm, yeah, so quite. It, was a, it was a fertile part of the Fertile present for archaeology. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, indeed, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think this is the thing. It's just, but it is, it is that kind of happy accident that mm-hmm. he he looked at this hill and thought that looks artificial in construction. I'd like to excavate that. And potbelly,
1: you know. so they poured alcohol onto the earth last <laughs> <that's what> week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I. I I, s- I suppose the thing was that when he was excavating it, I don't know if he really thought that he was going to find something that's almost impossibly old, like one of the most endearing mysteries of archaeology. Well, when you think
1: about it, like the actual a potbelly shape is quite an unusual shape anyway when you think about it. Like it's not mm. like normal mounds are just mounds, aren't they? But like if you've got something that's like sort of curved at one side and then like that. Yeah, or yeah. like a fella on his back uh, looking up at the night sky.
0: Why Klaus Schmidt? noticed this and others didn't because it was like you say it was actually examined and dismissed in the 1960s Mm -hmm. by the university of chicago and istanbul university as a medieval graveyard one of the one of the reasons for this is that the the limestone on the top layer had been plowed over by unsuspecting farmers not knowing what was down there and so it was it had got damaged and scarred and so they just looked at this and thought oh it's just bunch of rocks it's not 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 very good so i mean you know it, it's just a, i guess it's just a bunch of rocks know, it's not guess, very good <laughs> <laughs> well i guess that's like who is it was at Decca records turning down the Beatles. i suppose that's what these excavation grooves probably felt like after it was discovered because it's yeah um such a significant archaeological find yeah and they actually went there and looked at it and just thought nah nah, nah it's nothing so, one of the interesting things about Gobekli Tepe is that there are no telltale signs of settlement within it, so it, it wasn't built as a house. Well, it's, it's, sort of it's five
1: kilometres away from a water source, isn't it? As far as I'm aware. Yes, so, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so, there's, the, the reason they, they think there wasn't a settlement is that they can't find any hearths or, or what would they, they would consider to be uh, houses or, or, or trash pits, um, which is, you know, discarded... Landfill sites, <laughs> tiny landfill yeah. sites. Essentially, yeah. So here we go. In the next of how do you pronounce this? It's uh, Joris Yoris Peters, Joris who is Peters. A, a, a Belgian archizoologist. And so they they found loads of animal bones around the site, okay, um, with cuts uh, which suggested they were they were butchered and, and and cooked. And this is the the telltale signs of a uh, of hunter gatherer society. Um, and it's all wild game as well. These weren't domesticated animals, but they found animal bones with cuts on them, so they were animals that were caught, killed, and eaten by by humans. Again, leading to the idea that of how old Gebekli Tepe is, which is was until its discovery was thought to be impossible. There
1: but, are still game reserves in Africa to this day. And...
0: Yes, I'm I'm sure there are, but what you're saying is is that they've I mean, I I I think well I you know we don't know that much about Göbekli Tepe maybe that will turn out to be the case it's just in the middle of this massive game reserve that have been that have been created by farmers by ancient farmers who who were very good at disguising how old they were
1: Solve the case anyway that's bead one <laughs> <laughs> sorry
0: <laughs> um so there is evidence of primitive farming okay. uh, within 500 years of Göbekli Tepe's construction Right so Göbekli Tepe could be the start of agriculture. That might, whatever it is, could signify the beginning of essentially moving out of the stones. So
1: Göbekli Tepe could be the the area where actual farming started around the same time. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yes. Okay. It, it could be. There are other contemporaneous to what Klaus Schmidt thought was the the age of Göbekli Tepe. There are other early hunter gatherer villages that that surround. Uh, Gebekli Tepe, and uh, I'm going to try and pronounce those now. Excellent. They've, they've all got names in Turkish. Uh, so there's Kay Kayanu. There's, Kayanu. <laughs> Is that not a Scottish one? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> the next one sounds a bit Scottish as well, and I think I must have written this down wrong because it looks like a written Murray bet. Murray bet. Murray. I uh, just said uh, a, going a bookies. Bucky, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. bookie fast.
2: Some down yeah hunter
0: gatherer bookies um alan <laughs> do you reckon it'll take to finish that thing uh, 500 years <laughs> um, and there's there's jeff jeff el ahmar is another one so there we go that's my turn at mispronouncing things
1: excellent if so, you know how to pronounce them by the way have we got an email address
0: yes yes it's it's y-o-y-o-y-o-y at gmail.com
1: yeah, so email is on that Email I think, I think if you go to our Facebook, you can
0: find the actual email address because it's I can't be bothered spelling it out because it's 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 long. Basically, I, I wanted yoy at gmail.com, but that was already taken.
1: Okay, so we've got more, we've got more yeah. things to make it a bit harder. But if, if you if you know what's going on with the pronunciation of anything yeah. in, in this show, if we get it wrong, just let us know because yeah. that'll be fun. And then yeah, we can yeah. just list our errors and mistakes. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, um, and we can learn how to pronounce things in the future. Exactly. future episodes. This which, is, which is really all
1: about like. learning,
0: folks. So the the megaliths the have megaliths. a lot of carvings okay. on them, like you would find cave drawings uh, from a contemporaneous period. Okay. Uh, carvings depicting various things. Uh, so there's Danielle Stauder, who is a French archaeologist, right? Um, and she says. Does she have that, a she <laughs> uh, well, I I was going to say no, but then I I actually don't know. She might do, but she says ancient civilizations believed um, vultures carried the dead to heaven because they're they're high flying and they feast on on, on corpses. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this was quite a common motif um, in in ancient carvings, paintings, etc. And and Gebekili Tepe has a lot of carvings of vultures, so. Okay. She thinks that the site has something to do with with death and the afterlife. As a result, well, um, as,
1: as as far as I'm aware, there's like all nearly all the carvings in Göbekli Tepe are all dangerous animal, like pretty much all dangerous animals. Yeah,
0: there's like scorpions, and scorpions, spiders, Spiders and, spiders and yeah. crocodiles.
1: Yeah, uh huh. And there's very few things like ducks.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, that's true.
1: Although ducks can be dangerous too, folks, because they're, they're after your bread. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah. They're also uh, one of the more kind of like macabre things found is that there were there were human skulls that were, with carvings on them, mm-hmm. and 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 they were tested and found to have residues of red ochre pigment, which um, red ochre is an early uh, colour that was used, uh, that th- th- was made rather. So uh, these these skulls were were decorative, but they're human skulls. Human skulls, yeah. They've been carved and painted. Basically. Is is
1: that a, a, I assume that's a religious thing?
0: Well, it, again suggesting that it has something to do with worshipping of of death or the afterlife.
1: There's a lot of, there's a lot of, there was a lot of... uh, There are are quite
0: a few carvings that show decapitations as well. Well, there's pillars
1: with that as well. Mm. So so it's a theme that some of the pillars of like the pillar men, they're they're headless. That's what I wrote. So they think that that it might have been a skull worshipping thing because apparently in Turkey at the time, well, not at the time, but in Turkey, a theme throughout history has been skull worshipping.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean that that would very much marry up with what's been what's been found. So there's the uh, the gift bearer which is one of the one of the stones. I don't know
1: what the gift bearer is, please. It's it's elaborate. it's just it's,
0: it's a it's a the name given to a depiction on, on one of the stones at Waitaki okay. Tepe. Um, is it a
1: headless person offering something?
0: Uh well, it's it's some sort of being uh, offering a head. Oh. Um, okay. So it's some sort of being that looks like a bird that's kind of holding holding a head. Party food. Yeah. <laughs> um Monkey so, brains.
1: Or if we're going on the archaeology route, and why yeah. did Steven Spielberg and George Lucas lie to us about what archaeology actually was? It's just <laughs> well, like I, eating monkey brains and grave robbing. That's what <laughs> that's what Indy does. So. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think yeah, the not actual, a brushing actual, actual archaeology is is not not quite as dramatic as no. uh, as Indiana Jones, unfortunately. And yeah, though though archaeology is exciting and interesting in its own right. Well, pretty um, shocking
1: when you find something as old as Gobekli Tepe. Gobekli Tepe, yeah. Yeah, it's not Pot the kind Belly of thing that Hill. translates
0: well into sitting in a, in a, in a theatre and watching a film.
1: Big at Hill, the dawn of civilization. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Fascinating.
0: Well, I mean, you say that, but obviously, again, beer was, was uh, in fact, alcohol was very important in, in early history before they knew how to uh, uh, distill water.
1: Everywhere but... Because water,
0: a lot of water was yeah, um, yeah had, had disease in it. So deep, yeah, and, and in Asia it was tea. Yeah, it's deep,
1: but it's so much more logical to boil water to cleanse it than to ferment.
0: <laughs>
1: Let's just get tiny organisms to make this alcoholic, and then we can drink it.
2: <laughs>
1: mm. What? How did I, I? Yeah, we need to do something on why. Just I want to explain alcohol to the, the okay. world. Okay. We uh, well, to...
0: yeah, that that'd be a good. Because it's fun, fun it's,
1: it's insane, it's insane that somebody was just like, yeah, fermented alcohol isn't yeah. poisonous.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I, I th- there, there are so many things where I think, how on earth was that discovered? Like cheese, for example. Like who on earth, who on earth discovered like Saw some good stuff on an
1: animal yeah, and went, yeah, yeah, I'll eat that.
2: Yeah, well, I mean,
0: like <laughs> milk from a cow in the first place, thinking that looks like that'd be good to drink and then yeah getting that and letting it go off a bit and I mean, then going that looks good to eat now yeah i think i think milk i think milk's
1: not such a stretch because obviously humans have always had breast milk so i think yeah. obviously someone got somebody's just gone they've got tits as well yeah let's let's get the stuff out of their tits and like you know we can just drink that it seems <laughs> quite nutritious
0: that's true. That's true. Um, so yeah, one of the one of, one of the interesting carvings. Uh, well, well, I mean, they're all interesting, but one of the most interesting carvings at Göbekli Tepe uh, is depicting a comet impact, which happened in around eleven thousand BC.
1: Supposedly, that's the Supposedly. it's in Greenland, isn't it? So there was there was a thought that there was yeah. a, a comet. Well, I mean, that I the Earth in, in... comets
0: comets hit Earth, like you know, they're they're uh, astrologi- uh, astrological. Mm-hmm. Uh, astronomical impacts quite often obviously this kind of comet impact would have been quite big and like you know the effects of which would have been felt over the globe Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah it could have been in Greenland but I mean I suppose you'd have seen it Um, you'd have seen the comet coming in so it's it's one of the biggest shames
1: about modern culture in, in that we don't see the stars anymore light pollution is a terrible terrible thing you don't see like back in those days you could see the Milky Way above your head anything well, yeah. you could see was right there in the house we used to live in the house of broken men we used to I used to live with the cosmologist called Neil a lovely man who used to drive crazy by coming in late at night after gigs and uh, he used to go to Chile the Chile Observatory and he show me all these pictures of the stuff that you've been looking at. And yeah. It's incredible, the stuff that you can see where there's no light pollution. But, so well, back, quite, in, yeah. back in those days, humans had a much more, even though we've now sent humans in space, they had a much more intimate relationship with the heavens than we do today, which I think is a travesty and a shame, although yeah. I do like having electricity.
0: Yeah, it, it is an interesting thought. I mean, when I've been to uh, Cyprus, which I mentioned before, um, because my... Uh, well some some of my family is 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 from there
1: the fertile crescent
0: yeah the the, the fertile crescent my 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 I, I, I feel like I'm bragging about my heritage now it's like my roots are pure and old uh, I'm, <laughs> a, I'm, a, I'm a pure people that's what I'm saying but um, yeah but I so, so I've been to Cyprus quite a bit and I've been to quite rural areas of Cyprus as mm-hmm. a result and yeah like just the, the detail with which it's yeah, I, I remember being quite scared by it as a child, actually, just the detail with which you could see the stars in the Milky Way and stuff. It's just amazing. And you, you can't really get that in a lot of places. I mean, I imagine it's in the Scottish Highlands where it's quite sparsely populated. Well, here in Manchester, you, could you could probably... see
1: about 20, 30 stars up in the night sky on any given yeah. time.
0: I, mean, I, I suppose the other problem is, is our weather because it's cloudy a lot as well. Mm-hmm. So you, even if you are in a sparsely populated place, you're probably still not going to be able to see very much. Whereas you know, in Cyprus, clear skies a lot more often, especially in the summer. So yeah, just being able to look up and... See all of that in in a rural area is just, yeah, it's awe inspiring. Uh, yes, yeah, so they'd have been able to see comets and and stuff coming in with relative ease. So they made there was this a carving yeah. of a comet. This would suggest that that the site or parts of the site are much older because this had happened thousands of years before. Before they, they, they thought Quebec Tepe was being built. So, yeah, when you were talking about it being about 15,000 years old, I mean, mm-hmm. this is just about 13,000 years old. Yeah. But, yeah, so there, there is a big window of, well, actually, some evidence suggests it could be this old, some evidence yeah. suggests it could be younger or older. So yeah but I mean it's again it's it's a mystery no, nobody really knows it's so they've got a real lots of animals anomaly. on the wall
1: lots of animals on the wall yes lots comets. of animals
0: all kinds of cre- and the details amazing as well I don't know how many of the carvings you've looked at but- I
1: I've seen I've seen one so I'm a big fan of a band called um, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard yes. and uh, they've got lots of drawings of uh, like cartoony drawings of crocodiles and alligators and there's lots of <laughs> pictures of crocodiles an alligator or alligators or some form of ancient dinosaur-style reptile—it's one or the other, basically—which uh, just looks like that. Looks like their little, like cartoon drawing, just carved out. It's Really detailed. It's fascinating that some of them are very detailed carvings and some of them are not so detailed.
0: Mm, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, it suggests multiple artists, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Really, that's 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 the thing. So yeah. So let's let's get on to to theories. Theories. Uh, so one of the um, really weird things about Gobekli Tepe is that it was probably deliberately buried. The reason this is thought to be the case is because there's a lot of sediment on top of the, the hill which was a, a, obscuring it okay. from, from, from looking, you know, it made it look like a hill rather than uh, a structure and sediment does not naturally form on hilltops. Mm-hmm. Um, hilltops are sites of erosion, not of, yeah. um Sediment forms not, yeah, at the yeah, bottom yeah. of hills. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. So... The chances of that having formed naturally are really, really unlikely. So, it's thought that uh, by around eight thousand BC, it was it had been Quebec Litepe had been deliberately buried. Interesting, and nobody knows why. Danielle Storer, uh-huh. the uh, the French archaeologist, she uh, like I said, she believes that it's a, a sort of a, a funereal site and has connections to the the afterlife. Klaus Schmidt, he. Uh, more or less concurs with that and thinks that bodies may be buried like in the base of the of the hill uh, uh, as, as it's the ideal location for the souls of of hunters because the, the the hill is quite tall you can look out see all the game for mm-hmm. for miles and miles um and so you know the the, the hunters being buried in game the game reserve it's, yeah yeah
1: it's... A, a, a pre, pre what, neolithic game mm. reserve
0: but obviously as you were saying the thing with the the, the worshipping of skulls and the decapitations mm-hmm. that it might have been some sort of death cult mm-hmm. as well and that they were actually worshipping death.
1: Well, humans are a death cult we're killing <laughs> we're killing the planet we're killing ourselves mm. um, but like it's it's fascinating to me that like um you know the idea that like they could have had this site because like one of the things that I found interesting in the small things that I read about it, was that um it would have been, like, quite dark because they think that most of the area was actually roofed off. So they think that actually the site was actually quite a dark place where you couldn't see properly. And yeah. I find that fascinating. Like, so it's like, what were they doing in these, like, huts that they built with pillars and stuff?
0: But one of the reasons it might have been deliberately buried is because a a new religion had come along and it was just, you know, as as new religions do, they they want to get rid of the old religions. So, you know, new religion might have come along. Damn your gone,
1: Christianity
0: is before Christianity. Yeah, it's, way, it's way before Christianity. So, um, you know, new new religious thinking might have come along and these people spreading the new religion might have been like, well, let's get rid of that because mm-hmm. that's uh, it's uh, it's uh, blas- blasphemous, well, blasphemous. Blasphemous. <laughs> blasphemous? Yeah, I don't know why. Christianity is very
1: interesting because what Christianity usually does, which other religions generally don't, is Christianity usually absorbs aspects of the mm. local religion into itself so that it can sell religion to the... Yeah. That's why you get well, the... I suppose uh,
0: that's why it's become so popular.
1: Yeah, well, that's why you get the um, clover in in Ireland. Oh, yeah. Because it's the uh, the Father, Son and the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, the, the Trinity. And they, they could that, explain yeah. that to people. And
0: that's and what St. Patrick used to explain... Yeah, yeah. Like, and
1: it's also to do with, like, Obviously, they were sort of Druids and stuff at the time. So they had like, you know, those very Celtic sort or of religious. So if you go off nature and sort of s- explain things in a natural way, that's basically how Christianity sneaks its way in. Mm. So uh, yeah, I could imagine that that would be the stuff. And then after a while you go, well, that's bad stuff. So when St. Patrick drove uh, the snakes out of Ireland, he was obviously driving the Druids and the other religions out of Ireland. That's what he was doing. So yeah. yeah. religions do generally like to push one another aside, don't they?
0: Yeah, indeed. Yeah um another idea is that it might have been desanctified Quebec Katepe. so this is a um a religious thing that that, that you have in quite a lot of religions mm-hmm. like i think with, with that um old abandoned churches and stuff like that they have to desanctify the altar so that people don't come in and just like use it for something else mm-hmm. uh, and incur the wrath of god as a result so i'm not sure what the process is in the in 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 the church to do this but um yeah the the idea that it was buried might have been because it um, yeah they they didn't want People angering these old gods with by by doing by by using them in a way that would not have pleased the the, the gods that they were worshiping, and so they they buried it to stop that like from using happening. It like
1: a latrine or a table to eat a meal from. Well, yeah, quite, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there's another possibility that it was feared, like you know, people, the people who built it would have been long dead by the time it was buried, and you know, these huge stone structures, they were kind of unique in the world. It might have been people just looked at them and just. It's like it's wrong. It's just it's just wrong with stretching too high. We're trying to be like the gods, and so mm-hmm. they buried it for that reason. Um it's also so been like theorized the, that
1: the Tower of Babel basically is. A... Yeah. Okay.
0: There's also uh, like there's also theory that it might have been part of the original ritual idea that it was always meant to be buried. Like it was a structure that was made to be in the open for a certain number of years and then. And then buried, and you know, this was just passed down word to mouth mm-hmm. through the generations, and the, the reasons for that have been since lost. But have you have you come across any interesting theories? Uh, oh, actually, be, be, before you do, I looked up. Um, there, there was a, a, a WordPress page called uh, the Tepe Telegrams, which is made, I, by, I made that, by. Yeah, yeah ma- ma- made by researchers, and there was like an FAQ section, and the, mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved it. The, the last, the last question on the FAQ was: Was Göbekli Tepe made by aliens? And they just put no. <laughs>
1: Well, it's it's interesting <laughs> it's because the uh, alignment to the heavens is is fascinating. So Göbekli Tepe faces true north, so it's built to true north. All oh, right. It's also aligned with the dog star, which is fasc- Sirius. Sir- Sirius, which is fascinating because when at the time that it was built, and it's in exact alignment with the dog star at the time it was built, the dog star wasn't even visible.
0: Oh, why not? It was on the other side of the on the other planet.
1: side of it, yeah. It was yeah. It's like it wasn't, right. it, but the way the orbit of the earth and stuff like that it wasn't you know okay so it's really fascinating it um it, you know why is it why is it a how do they mice how do these hunter gatherers manage to get to point true north it's aligned with the heavens it uh i think i've even written down cause it was fascinating
0: mm. i mean i i have i have um when i was doing my research i did come across something suggesting that it might be that yeah the, the depictions of animals might be relating to Um, constellations in the same way as the zodiac so you've got the scorpion you've got uh, yeah I don't know is there a goat there might be a goat so yes
1: uh, the the dog star was not visible until 9300 BC but as I said might be coincidence but Gobekli Tepe in the way that it's been built uh, aligns with the dog star, which is, mm. is fascinating. So it, well, it, it's if, constru-
0: if it was built in 9000 BC, though, then then they would have been able to see it. That's the
1: uh... no, 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 no. That's when. That's when. Yeah, but like obviously, there's theories that it was born. It, that was, it was built. built yeah. So I 12, mean, yeah. They BC they yeah, they, 13, they they couldn't
0: have both seen the the comet impact and Sirius in yeah. the sky.
1: But that that in and of itself. So they say that it, it's not to do with aliens, but um, obviously. Well, f- I mean, it,
0: it clearly it I. I think I think the thing with Göbekli Tepe, unlike with some some other structures, it, it's it, it's not how the structure was built. Mm-hmm. Um, that was certainly in the capabilities of the people at the time. It's 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 more how were that many people able to be organised when they didn't have uh, an agricultural society to wa- and immediate access to water, to water and as well. Like yeah,
1: um, there's lots of mysteries. I mean, the, the strangest thing to me, the strangest thing about um, Göbekli Tepe is that the architecture gets worse the older it is. So with every single thing in human history, generally speaking, except for when you enter dark ages, the architecture gets better and there's an improvement on the previous generation. Gobekli Tepe is one of the few examples of somewhere where the artistry and the uh, the actual like craftsmanship in the earliest layers of the site are better than the later layers. So there's a theory which is um, made popular by Graham Hancock, who is a very left field archaeologist. He's not a Qualified archaeologist, but he's a very left field individual. And he did speak to Klaus uh, Schmidt. Schmidt, yeah. yeah. Uh, is that like he believes that there's a lost civilization, like Atlantis and things like that. Yeah. And he believes that that comet that we've been talking about, he believes that that was wiped, them out. wiped out this ancient civilization. And so his theory is that what happened was people from this previous civilization. Came to Göbekli Tepe and they taught the hunter gatherers how to do certain craftsmanship and things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. It's more- I think I think my my problem with that Graham Hancock theory anyway is kind of the same problem I have with the 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 ancient aliens things. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a, a reverse human exceptionalism. Uh, and I think there is like a note of, of racism within that as well, where people will look at like what happened in ancient Egypt and or Mesopotamia, Sumeria, mm-hmm. or around Göbekli Tepe, and go, well, you know, that couldn't have come from the the local people couldn't have been that intelligent to have done that. It has to have been uh, a more advanced civilization from elsewhere, whether elsewhere on Earth or from a different planet. So I'm not, so I think
1: I'm not yeah I'm not I'm not necessarily suggesting that people couldn't do that. I just think it's an interesting yeah. theory because he he. he groups up with a guy called Randall Carson or Randall Carson looks at geology and he's looked and he said, look, there's loads of evidence of around the same time as that comet hit as a worldwide cataclysm which caused flooding, as we've already discussed and things like that. Because this period of time was really very different. Like you said, there was like ice sheets. It's not like literally like the Fertile Crescent is one of the few places on the planet where you could actually settle and like live quite a comfortable, happy life. Mm. Um, But we've just, the reason I like this as a theory I'm not saying that it's human exceptions. I'm not saying that humans aren't. We've discussed like fifty thousand years ago the first humans arrived and they're pretty much the same as we are today. But on the on the flip side of that, it's also for me that like I find it very odd. I'm getting passionate about this story, Matthew, but I find it really odd that like in like fifty thousand years worth of human history, where they are as intelligent as we are today that like we've only just in the last like 5000 years started to get our shit together <laughs> you know it's just it just seems hmm. it, to me that seems that it's like oh well we we're, we're the best of course we're the best it's like no 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 like what the hell were humans doing for 50000 years you know i mean i know that the the geology and and the actual environment has changed somewhat but at the same time like we can figure stuff out. Human, babies can figure stuff out. You know, they can... They, yeah. Humans have a... Yeah,
0: okay. So so there is there is a theory that, that might help to explain that, which okay. I'm going to talk about in a moment. But do you want to talk about the gopher man? Go, well, is?
1: yeah. So the, it goes along with this. Thank you. Because uh, yeah. um, Avi Gopher...
0: Avi Gopher. That
1: Avi that Gopher, who... Uh, <laughs> I've
0: just called him the gopher man. The gopher, that, that, yeah. I, I realise how racist that sounds. Avi I'm, Gofer, I'm, the I'm Gopher, the really, gopher man. I apologise to Mr. Gopher.
1: He's from... Um, He's from Tel Aviv University, and they did studies on it, and they found that um, Gobekli Tepe was built along Grand Geometric Plan. So it's, like, geometrically sort of built, which is, you know, again, for hunter-gatherers, yeah, it shows a level of skill and craftsmanship. And they say this about... But then again, they say this about Egypt. They're like, well, you couldn't build the pyramids because the pyramids face true north, and people of that age, without the tools we've got today, couldn't, Hmm. like... Because there were flint tools so they did dig they weren't using pneumatic drills and they weren't yeah using metals and stuff like that they did sort of dig these rocks out of the ground with stone tools so it, it yeah. that is an impressive feat that i wouldn't want to take away from anybody but graham right. hancock says well maybe the previous civilization had um, had a different idea of what civilized was than we do It's like well maybe they did he he says so graham hancock says well you know they uh you know, they might not like the the written tradition. They might not have liked the written tradition. They might have preferred, um, they might have preferred like word of mouth and the oral tradition. But the thing about that as well is that if you think about our civilization today, everything's on computer. So this thing is yeah. going to last, not going to last, it's going to break down and, and, and die. Right, yeah. Whereas, yeah. Whereas stone, that's what you yeah. want to write stuff I mean, down on. I mean, to...
0: Tepe has been there for at least 11,000 years. Is, yeah. yeah. It's, and it's, you know, it's, it's still there. It's, much, much in the same way as it was when it was built. And uh, so, I
1: just want to show you this. I, yeah. I, so this is the, geometri- the geometric design. This is the picture they came up with. It just looks like a stick man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it does actually. yeah.
1: <laughs> so it looks like three stick men having a dance. And um, and that's but but that was literally eight months ago that they've sort of found they've sort of done a, a geological survey of it or whatever kind of survey they do. And it, it just seems very odd the megaliths are set up that way. Uh, now. A guy called Michael Sherman had a discussion with Graham Hancock and, and Randall Carson on the Joe Rogan podcast and uh, he was basically sort of saying, well, I, I think you guys are just wishful thinking, which might be the case. Mm. Uh, the problem with that is that I had to switch off that podcast because uh, Joe Rogan, who I, lo- I love dearly, but Joe Rogan was getting very passionate about it like I was and he was shouting um, Michael Sherman down. He's normally a very good interviewer, but uh, on that occasion, he was just like, no, but aliens and past civilization's <laughs> like, Joe... Dial it back a bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I think it's fascinating. I think it was a hipster restaurant. I think, I think, I think it's <laughs> well, like it could have been. I think those stone carvings on the walls were uh, were actually well, um, like,
0: like the cartoons of Ronald McDonald you get today.
1: Yeah, there's sort of it's not quite like that. It's more like this is the menu. So <laughs> if you want a crocodile steak, oh, there's crocodile steak. You want to? Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you've never been to Thailand, have you? No. I love Thailand. So in uh, in Bangkok, right. They've got these little old ladies that walk around with carts, and on the carts, they've got like, they've got scorpions on like sticks, like scorpion lollipops effectively. And you've got these like big burly Westerners walking around going, oi, oi, And these little old ladies go, Would you you like to eat this? And they're like, Oh, I don't want to eat that. It's like, makes you a man, makes you strong. So they're like, Okay, I'm I'm strong. Yeah, I'm strong. And they eat that. And I was, last time I was there, I was hanging out with some locals, and I was like, Do you guys eat that shit? And they're like, No, (laughs) we just feed it to you because we can make a mint off of it. And it's hilarious to watch you like, Pulling weird yeah. faces while you chewing on it, so I think maybe it was just a bravado, <laughs> sort of like all you can eat twenty four hour buffet.
0: Maybe, maybe <laughs>
1: of crocodile steaks and lion burgers. You
0: know. <laughs> okay, well, uh, to sort of to sort of bring us round to to the end of the episode, I'd like to talk about the the Genesis Secret. Okay, so the Genesis Secret is a a, a book written by uh, it's a fiction book written by a man called Tom Knox, um, published in two thousand and nine. Okay, uh, and it is based uh around well there's kind of two storylines that intersect uh in the in the kind of the third act of the book mm-hmm. so there's um there's a storyline based on this journalist who is like he, he'd been reporting on conflicts in the middle east and had been injured in a bomb blast okay uh, and so to give him an easier get back into work kind of thing they sent him off to review uh to, to just like to sort of do a piece on a kind of a fluff piece on gobekli tepe okay uh, and the other half of the book is this uh follows this police officer uh this detective who's trying to solve these really bizarre ritualistic murders that are taking place uh across the the uk basically this 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 book it, it ends with uh, like it's, it's not a particularly well-known book so i will sort of spoil parts of it in terms of that the, there is a theory as to what gobekli tepe was the
1: cat just sneezed
0: yeah, I know the cat, the, the cat, the cat's <laughs> in here now and the cat just sneezed. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is it's, it's basically the, the Garden of Eden theory. Okay. Now, uh, uh, Göbekli Tepe researchers hate this. Like they're, they're, I don't know if they hate the book, but they, they really don't like the the idea that Göbekli Tepe was the, the, the Garden of Eden. On that Tepe telegrams, they say it's pure conjecture. It's pure conjecture. So they're am happy with that. Also, interestingly, Klaus Schmidt and Daniel... So what,
1: what was the theory, though? That, I mean, like, how does the theory actually play out?
0: Well, I, I'm going to tell you in okay. a moment. Uh, I, I just want to say that Klaus Schmidt and Daniel Storer, two of the archaeologists I was talking about before, okay. they're both in this book. Um, they, they have different names. Klaus Schmidt. Klaus, Klaus Schmidt, he died in, in 2014. I think he suffered a heart attack or something. He but did, yeah. uh, his, 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 his character in the book, uh, he gets murdered at one point and uh and <laughs> dan- daniel storer is, is like
1: this the why they don't like the book <laughs> it's probab- probably probably just probab- murdered my character you just <laughs> murdered me in a book Pro- like- <laughs>
0: probably yeah um dan daniel storer ends up becoming the the love interest as well so oh yeah
1: god yeah, yeah no what the like, good guy <laughs> um,
0: i can't remember what the characters names are in the book but uh i think i think the the german archaeologist is called franz breitner uh, something franz like breitner that. yeah rather than klaus schmidt i, I can't remember what the what the it's, she's in most of the book as well. I can't remember what her name is in, in, in the book, but it's, it's not Daniel store anyway. Well, but, what was uh, the what
1: was the um what was the what was the character called in what was the doctor called in um Moonraker? Like it's like something ridiculous like Doctor Kiss My Lips or something. Like, <laughs> you know? like so that, I think that's probably oh, Well like...
0: there's um in, in, in Goldeneye there's Zenia on a top, isn't yeah. there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. So I'm guessing that's kind of the level that we're like going with here. Like Yeah. Professor Sexy Pants, what, what have you found? <laughs> I believe this is where Adam and mm. Eve were.
0: Okay, so uh, Tom Knox's th- theory, the the Garden of Eden theory, okay. is, is is due to the abundance of the of the Fertile Crescent, mm-hmm. which was you know, the area Göbekli Tepe was in, and this was the truth behind the allegory of the Garden of Eden in the Bible. Right. There was loads of stuff that just grew, loads of animals roaming free. You didn't need to farm really; you could live a very comfortable and happy life. Just taking what you needed from the land. Going However, for a stroll with a spear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Blame. However, due to the the ice age and all the, all the problems precipitated by the comet, mm-hmm. bigger bigger people, uh, bigger bigger species of humans came down from from the cold north where they couldn't survive. Yes, that's right. It's the our giants. old pal Gigantopithecus from oh, the okay. Pass episode. He's back. <laughs> yeah. He was doing things. Thousands of years ago, he's still doing things today. It's Gigantopithecus. So the, the the theory is, is that Gigantopithecus then uh, forced humans into essentially slavery, and this is what created agri- agriculture, because um, agriculture is not actually comfortable for, for for human beings as a shift from a very plentiful hunter gatherer existence, mm-hmm. because it means uh, poorer conditions, a lot more work, and a lot uh, more damage done to the bodies of the people who do the farming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they so Tom Knox thinks that this this might be why. Uh, was that Gigantopithecus forced humanity into doing it because they were bigger and stronger? And this could also explain how the temple was built. That you know the Gigantopithecus now living off off the labour of others just went build me a temple, uh, and and that's what that was about. His theory is then that after after centuries of this happening, the land became less fertile because of the excessive farming done in it, resulting <laughs> in, Yeah, well, it re- resulting in a war between the 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 humans and Gigantopithecus, which the humans won because. Um, there were more of them, and they had tools um, that they were more effective. That, the, the, you know, basically by being forced into doing all of this stuff, they created better tools. I mean, that's quite and, interesting. Yeah, and then they created weapons, which they were then able to beat Gigantopithecus. Yeah, because th-
1: that's quite interesting. Because when you think about it, like uh, like the story of Jack and the Beanstalk, that's mm. essentially when you look at what that story is about. It's about a little man who. It, the populace of this village are poor they don't have a lot of money they've not got a lot of things and there is a giant who uh, lives somewhere that's hard to reach which has uh which has all the wealth and all the things and it's about the little man going and sort of like stopping him so like obviously fairy tales and stuff like that come from real life oftentimes or cautionary tales so like yeah like i wonder if that's maybe Something like that, or maybe this guy's just likes that. <laughs> <necessary>
0: <laughs> well, story. maybe yeah. I, yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but that that is a that is a good comparison. the The other thing is, so that that might be the the purpose of Gebekli Tepe and what happened. Why mm. why was it then buried? So Tom Lux's theory about that was that there there had been interbreeding uh, between the humans and and Gigantopithecus, more specifically the Gigantopithecan males, and the human females. That
1: sounds painful.
0: Um, which, and this might be part of the uh, the Yazidi faith. Remember, I was talking about the Yazidis. So what is the Yazidi faith? Cause I'm right, fascinated. so the Yazidi, they're, they're kind of considered to be devil worshippers, but okay. they're not really. They they worship this kind of weird bird-like man thing, which similar to um, drawings are actually on the stones at Kebekli Tepe.
1: Does he look like a uh, bazuzu from... Um... The omen. I guess the o- the yeah. start of the omens. No, the start of the omen can't be based on this. But yeah, it, it, so the, in Bazoozu's like a, a demon from Samaria, essentially. Oh. And uh, yeah, that's... I, the, that's it's,
0: it's, it's been a long time since I've watched the omen. I can't remember what, what it looks like.
1: But... Okay, yeah, well, so Bazoozu's this big bird creature, demon thing.
0: Fair enough. I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's called Melech Taos, anyway. Melech Taos. Uh, uh, and it's a kind of like, yeah, sort of like... Bird human kind of hybrid looking looking thing. Tom Lux's theory is that this was actually what a Gigantopithecus looked like, and so that's what their <laughs> big <laughs> bird, big burger, burger uh, bird so, pressed the, so, like, the 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 Yazidis have a similar to so a lot of religions have a thing about like purity and impurity okay uh, and so like there was like a number of jars or something and there were impure children but the yazidis are descended from pure children of something so the yazidis might be descended from the the more uh, like the the true untainted descendants of of true humans rather than the uh, human uh gigantopithecus hybrids which is everyone else i'm
1: never going to look at big bird in <laughs> the same way ever yeah. again
0: Uh, So for this reason, Gebekli Tepe might have been deliberately buried to hide the the shame of the slavery and uh, protect the anonymity of people who were children who were hybrids of gigantopithecus and humans
1: so although uh, although and so
0: they're going back to the garden of eden mm-hmm. it's like you know the, the thing that eve is responsible for all evil because she she accepts the she listens to the apple, snake or, yeah, or yeah, yeah, whatever has that the apple and that might the actually um be a symbolic representation of uh, a human mother of a Gigantopithecan child and so it was, yeah, women are being blamed for just like, oh, she slept with him and now we've got all these hybrids. So that might be the whole the allegory of the Garden of Eden and getting thrown out of the Garden of Eden was because of um, crossbreeding.
1: I mean, obviously there are. So one of the issues with that idea would be that you would expect to find bird people or strange animals. Hello, Mr. Cat. Do you want to go out?
0: Yeah, it's Mrs. Cat. Actually. Mrs. Cat. Uh, I mean, we're, we're nearly finished. We are think, nearly finished. I think. Cat, I think she does want to go out. If but...
1: you come here for a minute, we'll just we'll wrap up. I'll yeah. I'll I'll give some spiel about how if you were going to be finding stuff, you'd be you'd, you'd literally if you were digging up an archaeological site and there had been a different form of human, you would expect to find well, well, that, some of those. That is Tom Mux's theory.
0: Is that that's what they're going to find at the base of Quebec Tepe. Yes. And it's
1: still yeah. So it's still not. Uncovered yet? Because you wouldn't. Because you wouldn't. If, if you were
0: going to bury these things, mm-hmm. thinking that, that you know the truth would never get out, you wouldn't just like lie them all around the sides of the thing. You you put them in the deepest, darkest place of the Tepe, then cover the whole thing over with with rock and sand.
1: Yeah, I mean, true, but and there's still a lot to be discovered. To be honest with you, like twenty, you know, twenty six years is not, a, or twenty seven years, nearly is not a long time in the grand scheme of things mm. to uncover a new sort of thing so you could be right yeah so
0: and, and like i said because of the the, the, the seasons and yeah the, the long time it takes and because they want to be really careful as well so they don't destroy any evidence when mm. they find it like this it's 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 a big site and it's hugely important so everything they're doing is like is they are doing it incrementally so that they mm-hmm. don't destroy anything because this could be you know a massive a, a massive clue to part of our history that's obviously never been recorded and that we don't know that much about. So yeah, this th- this could go on past the end of our lives, the yeah. ex- I mean, excavation of Quebec. It's second. quite
1: interesting because I've never really thought about um, the Garden of Eden in sort of the terms that we're talking about. So the idea that the Garden of Eden was... Was uh, an allegory. Well, yeah, but it's not just that. It's the fact that, like, you could say that the Garden of Eden was like humans just living off the land. So just like, you know, mm. k- killing a gazelle because there was herds of gazelles at the time. Just, you know walking around and living a nomadic life, living in the trees. And then the idea that they say Eve gave humans knowledge, but the idea that knowledge then made us agrarian and Mm. changes and causes a lot of stress and hardship in some ways. I mean, yes, our lives improved and our age got longer, but with that, you know, the idea that we got uh, consciousness to a degree, some sort of knowledge of our own mortality, which you wouldn't have had prior to that.
0: Well, I mean, they, they, they would have had that prior to that. They 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 would have had a knowledge of 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 their own mortality because it's just like you said, like they they had the capacity for the same yeah, intelligence. way it's before, it's not. Way before
1: it's not a very good analogy, but it's just um, interesting. I've just not really thought yeah, about.
0: But well, I think it's yeah. I I I guess the thing is is that like obviously, agriculture. Oh, oh poor cat's really unhappy. Um, Meow. so. so um with 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 agriculture and 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 society these these things benefit us now because they make our lives much easier now at the time for the people who the first people who did that Mm -hmm. would never have seen the benefits of that and it was just harder work for them and these things have been built up over time Mm -hmm. so it's why would they choose to go through that even if they knew it would make things better you know hundreds thousands of years in the future why would they choose to go through that then and that that is a question that maybe something in Gebekli Tepe will answer. Uh, that's Tom Knox's theory. So what's, uh, what's and your I think,
1: favorite, what's your favourite idea? What's your, out of all the ones that we've discussed? What is your favourite idea? Uh,
0: well, that, that that one is my favourite idea. I don't think all parts of it are, are true. It, 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 maybe the, no, no parts of it are true. And in fact, I think about that theory. I think it's it it, it answers too much, and I think there's probably things about that theory that that c- will only be explained with more discoveries made at the site mm-hmm. so i think having this all encompassing theory that explains everything at the moment is a little too simplistic but i, I do really like that that theory of that that yeah it's just a marker from the, of the transition from from hunter gatherers mm-hmm. in in a time of plenty to agriculture and the uh, yeah like like you say, with the the greater amount of knowledge like the difficulties mm-hmm that causes, whether whether it's Gigantopithecus enslaving people or not or if it was just humans saying well I'm the biggest, strongest human so I'm going to make you do the work for well, me. Well this is it, so the,
1: like <clears throat> to, to build Gobekli Tepe you would have needed a hierarchy, so that's yeah, a, quite, so yeah. you'd need a hierarchical structure but also the pro- one of the problems with the site is there's no evidence of yeah. a hierarchical society so like well you need for any building project, for, you need a project manager. A project yeah. manager is always going to be above the laborers. Right. Yeah. Uh, on any construction. Otherwise, everyone would
0: just be putting stones wherever they wanted. Yeah, they? exactly. You, so you got you, like you a need ma- to coordinate
1: because this would have taken hundreds of people. That's the other thing. So if you're living like a nomadic, Meow. Sorry, the cat's still going. But you, need, if if to build something like that, if you're living a nomadic life, how do hundreds of people come together to do that? Uh, mm. It's 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 a really yeah. it's a really strange mystery. I personally. Yeah. What's
0: your favorite? I favorite? personally
1: think that. Um, I go with the idea that there was a lost civilization. I think that is, to my mind, from everything that I know from reading about it, I've not read the same stuff as you, but I think the idea of a, a lost civilization does ring a bit more true because I think that humans have been around for much longer than we've had the technology and things we've had today. And when I say like an advanced civilization, I mean, maybe something more like the Romans or something like that. It yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, they aimed, had running yeah. water and things like that, yeah. you know? Uh, but like the, the idea that obviously the, with the change of the actual architecture getting less and the fact that, um, with the sacking of Alexandria, when the library got burnt down, Oh yeah. Yeah. We lost so much literature. Yeah. We literally only have about 1% of literature from ancient times. Yeah. So yeah. like, it's, I I to my mind especially with lockdown I think our society is so much more fragile than we realize and our civilization is so much more fragile than we realize and the fact that we don't record things in a very permanent way we record things in the cloud everything's stored in the cloud which doesn't really exist yeah um so I
0: <laughs> so, the, so 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 all, all ancient information was stored in the cloud yeah stored
1: in the clouds where the gods are so ah, you know, well
0: there we go it'll it'll it all comes down everything is connected but uh yeah uh the possibilities are endless but this podcast is not so we must call it a day there because the cat really the cat, needs to really leave the room. Upset. <laughs> she wants to leave the room we want to have our tea because the takeaway arrived while we were recording so thanks very much for listening we'll be back in two weeks when we talk about billy mitchell and the donkey kong controversy
1: the donkey kong controversy uh, yes, so what I will say to you folks is have a good Easter, enjoy those eggs, and um, don't be scared of the bird, man.
0: <laughs> or do be scared of the bird, or man. Or do be scared
1: of Yeah, fear Big Bird. He's trying to, make, <laughs> he's trying to rope you into construction pro- yeah. projects.
0: <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I, I might see if there's anything else that, that we can do, any other episodes, because I just like saying Gigantopithecus. It's, it's very pleasing. I've got it in twice in this season. Uh, how many more times will I get it in? We don't know. That's the real mystery, folks. Join us next time on Why Why to find out. Bye bye.
2: Bye bye.